Thank you, Lord. I'm so excited to share this morning. How many of y'all believe in miracles? I, I do, but you better really believe this morning because I only have about 45 minutes of notes that I've got. In 20 minutes. No, we're going to, we're going to go. It's like, Lord, bless him, Jesus. Give it to him. Um, I am excited about sharing God's word with you this morning. Uh, we're, we started a series last week called Sacred Thing. And I know that many of us, we get attached to things and things attached to us. We, there are things that are set apart. If we look at the word um, sacred, it means holy. It means set apart. Apartness is like this is a, a purpose, a special purpose it's designed for. Think of it this way I used last week. I'll use it again this week. Think about some of the us men. Think about some of the shirts that are in your closet that have been there for a long time or the pants. They're like set apart. Don't touch those. Leave, leave them alone. And it's like these are special uh, there are other things in our lives that we we acclaim like, you know, this is very special. Don't mess with it. You know, it could be a set of headphones. It could be anything where we think. Now, there are family heirlooms that are sent down, and they're very special things that your grandmother has been passed down from grandmother to, to great-grandmother, grandfather, great-grandfather. Those are special. But we wanted, we wanted to, to look at what God calls as sacred or holy. What is set apart to Him? And last week, we looked at names. And your name is very special to God. As a matter of fact, one thing I didn't point out last week, I want to point out this week is your name can be written in the Lamb's Book of Life forever. Like all you do is trust Jesus and he writes it down like, I see it. When we say, I see that hand, he goes, I write that name down right there because of your faith in him. And that's very special. And we looked at Jesus was the name above every name where God gave us. Here's what it says in Colossians chapter two. Paul's writing verse eight. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive. Takes you captive. Like it's possible, if, if it wasn't possible, there are things that can, that can gravitate, our minds gravitate towards, and they can take us and they hold us and they lock us down. And Paul's saying here, he said, see to it. No, don't let anything take you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. Later in his letter, in Colossians 3, 1 through 3, he says this. Since you were raised from the dead with Christ, aim at what is in heaven where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Then he goes on and says, think only about what? What's for dinner? What's for lunch? What do I got to do tomorrow? What's my task is? (laughs) No, he said, think about the things in heaven. Set your mind, one one translate, set your mind on things above. Set it on the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. One translation, not only the things of the earth. uh, Your old sinful self has died and your new life is kept with Christ in God. So he was saying, look, take your mind, what you think, what runs through your brain all the time. There are many times where we get bombarded with things like worry, stress, doubt, fear, anxiety. They come at us and we're supposed to take those things captive and say, hold it, whoa, 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 stop. I got to think about something else. That's not what I'm, I, I can sit here all day long. How many ever had something that you either, uh, that, that was real weighing real heavy on you and all you could do is think about that thing. It could be a loved one. It could be something you lost. It could be something you just, all you do, you just think about, think about, think about, think about. I want to tell you, that's the time where you go, whoa, stop. Take a mental time out. No. Okay. What am I supposed to be thinking about? Oh, okay. Lord, you got it. Okay. Hey. 
you got this. Why am I sitting here so locked into this and letting it be so locked into me? Let me just put it on him. How many of you have done that before? You were, say you lost something, you just put it on the Lord and say, Jesus help me. And all of a sudden you find it and you go, oh wow, I found it. Or, or it works out and you go, oh wow. It, you, I'm just going to go ahead and do that in the beginning. Don't wait a couple days or weeks or months. Just from the very beginning, place it on him. And so this morning, we're going to look at one of the most, at the most sacred thing. Last week was the name, the name of Jesus. This morning, having with Ken here, is we're going to look at the Word of God. We're going to look at God's Word is sacred. It's holy. It's set apart. There's a lot of books that have been written by men, and there's a lot that claim to be holy, sacred, set apart books. But I want to tell you, there's only one that's, that's, that can hold the claims to what God's Word has. And so this morning as we unpack this, this is what I want you to think about. This is one big thought. The Bible is not simply words about God. It is the Word of God. A lot of people think, well, it's going to tell me about God. I got to, yeah. No, it is God's Word to us, to every human being. And if you think about it, um, every other book doesn't hold the claim. Every holy book that we quote, study, have been written by one man at one point, one point, one period in time. The Bible is the only book on this planet that has over 40 different authors. Took 1,400 years in the writing and is concurrent from beginning to end. That in itself is sets it apart and holy where nobody can touch that. Think about you sitting down writing and then over somebody else picks up. Mm-hmm, I'm all right. Not in the same place, in different parts. And you write. And then they begin to write. And as God instructs them, a lot of people find it difficult to trust God's word. But I just want to say this. Can you think of a time? Let me take you back a little bit before any of us are here. Like before Adam and Eve. Like before anything ever showed up. Before there was a language, before we could communicate, it's back in Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. You got to see it. There's nothing. He says, boom, I'm going to make the heavens and the earth. I create, I put it there. And then God said... That's when everything happened. He said it. All of a sudden, things began to move. Things began to shape. And he created everything out of his word, including you and me. And so when we think of how powerful this is, God has never stopped speaking. I want to tell you this morning, there's not a problem with God speaking. Many times, it's a problem with our hearing. And I'm not talking about physical hearing. I'm talking about spiritual ears, our spiritual ears. Many times we're so in tune to other things that we tune out God and God saying, okay, I'm trying to talk, but you've got all this other stuff going on. If you'll take a moment, stop, open your ears and open your heart and say, Lord, speak to me. I want to hear you. So there's four things real quickly. I want to go over about God's word. God's word is number one, it's perfect. He doesn't make mistakes. There's nothing I can add or take from. Matter of fact, Revelation says anybody that adds or subtracts from this, my prayer this morning is, Lord, I only want to say what you say. Nothing more, nothing less. 
It's, it's perfect. That's what a second Timothy three, 16 and 17 says this all scripture. Everybody say all scripture. all scripture, not a part, not a piece, not a little bit. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful. What to teach us what is true to our, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Now, I know here in this place that everybody here is all sanctified. Nobody has any issues whatsoever. But for the rest of you besides me, I still got issues. And so this brings those up. And the word of God, as I studied it, points at it. We'll see in just a minute how he does that. But it corrects us when we are, when we're wrong. And, and how many struggle with that sometimes? Like, wrong? What? <laughs> did, did you just use that word in me? In it? Wrong? Yes. I'm going to go ahead and look at you. You wrong sometimes. I could put a mirror right here and say, you wrong sometimes. <laughs> it, it helps us to see that. And then, um, it, and, and then it not tells us what's wrong, but it teaches us what to do, what is right. And then goes on, God used it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Praise the Lord. So God's word in Psalms 19, seven, it says this, um, God's word is perfect in every way. How it revives our souls, the, our, our mind, our will, our emotions. His laws lead us to truth and his ways change the simple into wise. Listen, many people on this planet today through all of our uh, information we have at our fingertips, they try to change the word of God into what it fits into their, into their schedule, into their life, into their feelings, into their, it try, they try to change the word of God into what it what they want it to be. And I'm going to tell you, we can never do that. The word of God's not going to change. Matter of fact, I would challenge you to do this. Instead of trying to change it to fit my life, to fit what I want, if you'll let it, it'll change you into what God wants. Let's transform. Say, Lord, I want your word to change me. I'm not going to try to change it so I can feel better. Lord, do what you need to. The second thing is the word of God. God's word is powerful. Everybody say powerful. powerful. It's perfect. It's powerful. In uh, I love this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. One translation says powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit. You talking about dividing some things? You talk about getting in there. And it goes to say this, between joint marrow, it exposes... Our inmost thoughts and desires. Somebody look at your neighbor and says it'll get in your business. <laughs> it'll get in. You can sit there and say stuff, and in your mind you got it going on. It go. Woo, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> it'll get in your business if you let it. If you'll get it in you, it'll get in your business. That's one you can you can tweet that if you want to. So I said it's okay. Um, number three, real quick. God's word is purposeful. So it's perfect, it's powerful, it's purposeful. And we're going to share the word that Ken just shared out of Isaiah, Isaiah 55. It says this, Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. It says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the, for the eater, it goes on to say, so... So is my word. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. 
It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve. The purpose for which I sent it. God is not going to ever return his, it'll always produce fruit in our lives. It'll accomplish what he's meant for it. And then finally, it's perfect, it's powerful, it's purposeful, it's also perpetual. Yeah, the P's, I got them all worked out. It is perpetual. It goes on and on and on. It does not stop. God's word is perpetual. Psalms 119, verse 89. It says, your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. So what happens is his word is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. And then Matthew 24, 35 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. God's word's never going anywhere. It's going to be here forever. Heaven and earth will go, but God's word stands forever. And then Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. Now, what transforms all of this is the name that we said last week, the name that changes everything, the man that changes everything, Jesus. Jesus is, Jesus was and is the incarnate word of God. He's the one that does. He, he, he became, the scriptures became open. Y'all, anybody ever had one of these? <laughs> you still got them somewhere? <laughs> Something that'll choke a mule? <laughs> we got it. Uh, we had one that sat on our coffee table for years and years. And it would collect dust. <laughs> It would sit there and collect dust and go. <laughs> Look, it is perfect. It is powerful. It is purposeful. It is perpetual. But it's only good if we receive it. It's only good if we receive it. We are to receive the word of God. That's what we're supposed to do. And uh, I'm going to just run through this without your heart. I'm going to grab it. Y'all just stick with me because I'm, I'm, I'm going to just whine and just go. Y'all don't mind, do you? Praise God. Because the word is, it, we're, we're, we're supposed to receive it. And if we receive it, this is what 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says. And we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. Like, I've got to receive it first. And so when I receive this word, not as human wisdom, but as God's word to me. God specifically had each person in mind when he wrote his word. It's for every one of us. And so when it says, I receive it, it actually, it's going to do its work in me. And it says, we are not only to receive it, but we're to believe it. It's one thing to receive something. It's another thing to say, like when you receive some news, you're either going to say, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe that bit. Or you're going to say, you know what? I believe it. I want to tell you, there are some things you need to say. I don't believe that, especially if it's on the internet. Everybody knows everything on the internet is not true. Um, but the, the word of God, you need to believe it. It's absolutely 100% true. John 1 through 12 says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Like once I, once I receive his word and say, Lord, I I hear what you're saying. I understand that you came from heaven, born of a virgin. You died, you came and lived and became, and you, you, you did that for me. 
And so that's what God did. We, he gave us the right to become children. And John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever what? Believe. Believed. That means to trust. That means to settle. It's like, I'm not backing off. I'm not backing away. I'm sitting right here. I'm not going anywhere. Lord, you said it. I believe it. I receive it. I believe it. And they shall not perish. It is only believing what God says, not what I feel and think. How many of you here has ever struggled with something in your life and you thought you were doing well and somehow your life wasn't quite matching up with the word of God and you thought, well, I guess I'm not saved. That's it. Not saved. Well, you got to ask yourself, and I, am I believing what God said? Am I trusting in what Jesus said? Or am I trusting in what I feel? Because what happens many times, many times, our life doesn't line up with the Word of God. And that's where we say, Lord, i got to have you. I can't do it on my own. And so, it's me trusting in Him and what He said. He said, if I believe in Him, I shall not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.18 goes on to say this. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because why they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Are you all in? Have you realized that? Hold it. There's no other name. There's nowhere I can go. There's nothing I can put my efforts, my mind, my very life, my eternal existence in Jesus Christ, period, and in God's word. Are you trusting in something else to make you right? Are you looking for something to go, well, if I try this, I'll feel better? No, I'm going to tell you, there's only one pill that will do it. It's called the gospel pill, okay? (laughs) That's it. That's all there is. So we got to receive it, we got to believe it, and then after we believe it, receive it, we get to achieve it. Believe it, we receive it, we believe it, and then we get to achieve it. That's what Jesus said in John 14, 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I do. Have uh, have been doing, and they will do even greater things of these because I go to my Father. God wants us to get activated in his word act and allow his, his word to activate us. Matter of fact, in the Sermon on the Mount, in uh, Matthew 5, and I'm close, Matthew 7, I'm closing with this. Y'all thought it wouldn't happen. Y'all look at me like, Mark, come on, man. Jesus, there are miracles. <laughs> I'm running. <laughs> Doing this ninja stuff on the inside of me. Like, whoa. <laughs> says, therefore, in, in Matthew 7, there are people that received it, people believed it, but they didn't activate it. And that's in Matthew 7. It's the, it's the, the first sermon, public sermon, Jesus ever preached. Like he opened the sermon up with, blessed are the, are the poor in spirit. Like there's a way to influence people. Blessed are you poor people. <laughs> blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. I'm like what? I gotta be poor in order to get rich? Yeah. I gotta realize that I'm bankrupt in my own ability to connect with God. I can't do it, but God, through your grace and mercy, Lord, I am bankrupt, but praise God, I can do all things with you. Lord Jesus, you came to give me life and to have it more abundantly. You did that. It says, therefore, whoever hears, and you get on, you know, today, take some time. You don't have tonight's service, so take some time. Read Matthew 7, right, or Matthew 5, actually, right on through 7. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, Because Jesus in there said, you have heard it said, but he says, but I say. 
Because what had happened is the religious leaders have said they had taken what God said and they made an interpretation of an interpretation of an interpretation of an interpretation. And they made it so difficult to even follow God. He's like, we can't do what I got to put my right. What I can't do. What am I supposed to do? I can't help my donkey in the ditch. What? He's going to die if I don't do something. No, don't do that. You can't do that on the Sabbath. No, don't touch it. But they would, but not. So they made all these rules. And then they said, hey, Jesus said, you heard it said, but I say to you. And he goes on, and, and this is what he says. Everyone that hears them and puts them into practice. <laughs> I mean, I just gotta, I just gotta receive and believe, right? No, I gotta, I got, there's a part I got to play. Put them into practice. It's like a, uh, foolish, no, that, that's the verse before, and does not put them into practice. Go back to the first one. I'm sorry. There you go. That's like, hold on. What? How'd I get to do not? You helping me. He's trying to help me get through here. Praise God. The rain came down. Look at it. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. Dorian came blowing in. The streams rose. The winds blew. Beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. I saw a video this, this week I was watching and a guy from the Bahamas is videotaping his, the, the storm coming through his house. He actually shows it. He's on the second floor and he goes, yep, here comes the water. We can't see the neighbor's house. I don't know what happened. He built his house right there on the rock and he's filming the whole thing, watching it going, yep, there goes the water. Oh, it's all going through. It goes to every part of his house. Shows from the ocean side. Shows from every side. He built his house on the rock. Okay. Now, I'm saying to us, that's a physical thing, but spiritually, forever, it is, it has implications for not only our eternity, but for our temporary right here as we live. What I like to call above the sun and below the sun. Jesus settles our above the sun. The word is what helps us, help, helps us be effective here below the sun. He says it's like a man because it's had his foundation on the rock. The other one is, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, achieve them to say, I've got a part to play. It's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Now, let me ask you something. Have you ever built a sand castle? Anybody here? <laughs> and when you were little, you thought, man, look at this castle. I can live in. I'm the king of this castle. And you built it and you put all this stuff up and then, then the, the tide came in <laughs> and it started washing it on away. And all of a sudden your little castle got, got washed away. Let me say many times in our life, because we're building it on a foundation that is shaky and sand, it's feelings, emotion. It's what other people said instead of what God says. It's like, oh, I, I got, I got. Oh, no, it, it gets taken out from under. So it'll get washed away. It says the rain came down. You know what happens? The streams rose. The winds blew. Guess what? In both cases, the rain came down. In both cases, the streams rose. Let me tell you something. Jesus said in this world, we will have problems. He said, it's not about not having problems about where you put your faith in. Where you believe, where do you, where do you lock on and say, I ain't moving from this spot. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. I'm not leaving there. Amen. It says that it came and that when it fell with a great crash this morning. And I'm closing right now. Where's your trust at? What are you trusting in? Are you trusting in your bank account? 
Like I got plenty of money. I'll be fine. I heard this the other day. I was reading through some and I, and I read this. It said, some people are so poor. All they have is their money. <laughs> I'll let that sink in later. <laughs> so, I got money. Oh, there's something else. Yes. What are you trusting in? Are you trusting in going, hey, in your own intellect, I can think my way out of this. I can get this. Which God gave us some incredible minds. He did. But remember who, where that came from. Not for him. We couldn't hold a thought together by his grace and mercy. I just want to challenge us. His word stands forever. Are you allowing it to change you? Are you trying to change it? I want to say it is the most... This book, not this book. <laughs> this book, I don't think they sell them anymore. Um, they may. Uh, it is the most sold book in human history. But probably the least read. And I want to challenge us here at this church. That's who, I, that's who I'm responsible. When I stand before God, He's going to say, what would you do with the people? What you, would you tell the people at Christian Hill Church? And I'm going to tell you, we have, it is paramount that we get this word in us. And we get in this word and we allow it to solidify God's grace, God's truth, God's presence, God's power. It's in his word and we have to have it. Bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just want to ask you this morning. Maybe this is your first time showing up and you're... Thinking, you know what? My life is not going the way I planned it. Like I, I just got stuff going on and I'm not sure what, what's going to take place. I don't know what, what tomorrow holds. I'm, I'm, you know, there, there are things that happen in this life. Things come our way that we don't plan for. And maybe you've been hit with one of those or maybe you thought you had it all figured out and then somebody came and messed that up for you. This morning, I just want to ask you as you're sitting here with your eyes closed and your head bowed, what are you trusting in? What's your, your, your foundation that you have? Have you decided? Have you come to the place that you say, God, your word is true. Lord, before even time began, you spoke and things happened. Still today, you speak and things happen. Lord, I'm trusting you in what you say. Are you trusting for your salvation? Are you trusting that what Jesus did and what Jesus said alone is what settles your your heavenly existence? That's key. Not in what I feel, not in what I think, but what God says. 1 John 5, 13 says, I write these things to you, my brothers, who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Do you know that this morning? Do you know that, are you absolutely 100% sure that if something happened this morning, you left out of here, something happened, and, and you would, something happened, it's like, oh, oh well, I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm, all, I'm going on. I'm just going to be there. If that, if you can't say that 100%, this would be a great day to settle that with the Lord. And I want to give you that opportunity. If, you, if you're not absolutely 100% sure, I'm going to just ask you to lift your hand wherever you are. I'm not going to ask you to come up here to the front. I just want to pray with you and pray for you. If you're not absolutely 100% sure that if something happened, you would not be in heaven right now. That you would you would actually be sitting there face to face. This would be your opportunity to say, Lord, that's, I, I, want to, I want to make sure this morning. Is there anybody in here this morning not sure? Saying, Lord, I, I want to know for sure. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. 
Anybody else? Jesus settles that this morning. Thank you, Lord God. Father God, you're the creator of the universe and you commanded blessing to be spoken over your people. And in so doing, Lord, as we place your name upon them, you in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name.